0: I like this picture here because it tells us has your tongue gone wild? What would be your reaction if your third grade teacher in elementary school once called you airheaded when you didn't have the right response to a question? What would your reaction be if your professor in college really? knows how to teach economics and the students hang on every word. And then you find out outside of the classroom that the man is a racist. What is your reaction in each of these scenarios? Now, if that scenario change and that school teacher, instead of being a school teacher, that is your Sunday school teacher. How will you react? What about the professor of economics is also the deacon at your church and he excels in teaching the Bible? How will you react? You know, will your reaction change? And this is what we're talking about. I want you to think on for a minute. Now, we're in the New Testament. We've been talking about James and James is uh, the pastor, you can say, of the Jerusalem church. And a lot is happening, and we may uh, we reiterated this earlier. For instance, um, uh, internal strife is taking place um, uh, within Jerusalem because the Jews are being scattered throughout Asia Minor. Uh, believers are dealing with doctrinal arguments, false teachers, power struggles, gossip, gossip, slander. Um, believers are being encouraged to pursue self-fulfillment. And during this time, many philosophers believed and taught the importance of knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Does that sound like today? And James steps in and he talks in this lesson about taming the tongue. And he started out with, in that first verse, my brethren, be not many masters. In other words, he's saying, warning to teachers. Know that ye shall receive the greater condemnation. You know, that's really interesting that he says that because in the next verse, it says, For in many things we offend on, and if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to broaden his tongue. So what James is actually saying is that it's really hard to be perfect. However, If you are perfect, you can bridle the whole body. That's interesting. So I have a question that I want you to really think about as we go through this lesson. Is that although perfection isn't fully attainable in this life, what is the single most important thing you can do to keep the standard of James 3 and 2 before you in the week ahead? And then I want you to look at these passages here. That is Matthew 5, 48, 19, and 21, James 1, 25, and 1 John 4, and 18. And why are these passages so important? Think of of it from a standpoint of of perfection. All right, so in our first verse, correction, in our third verse, James starts talking about the horse. How we can put bits in the horse mouth. And able to control the horse. Now, the ship there is a ham in the ship or a rudder, it's very small but it's able to control that ship. Now, even though the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things and it's showing a parallel, the tongue is just like the ham in a small ship and the bridle. And a horse mouth is just like the tongue that is in a human. And then he talks about how that tongue can light a fire. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindled. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, that it can set on fire hell. And then in verse 78, he says, that they're unlike a tame creature, and he brings everything out. You know, what I really like about James is that it really flips back into the Old Testament. Here in the Old Testament, in Genesis, God tells man to subdue the world. And he breaks it down here. James breaks it down and talks about the beasts, the birds, the serpent, uh, the, the reptiles, uh, the snake, um, every mammal. Every reptile and even everything that's in the sea can be tamed, but notice verse 8 the tongue can no man tame, it is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And then I like how James does the parallelism here, therefore, bless we God, and then he said, therefore, curse we men, in other words. We can bless God, but at the same time, God created man and we can curse man. How out of the same mouth there's come blessing and cursing? My brother, these things ought not to be so. And then he tells you, how can a fountain bring forth sweet water and bitter? Or you can say salt water and fresh water. Can it come out of the same well? Can a fig tree? My brother and bear olive berries, a vine, and figs, so can a fountain bring forth salt water and fresh. So what James is saying, and it's really emphasizing about our tongue, how can we allow the curse and blessings come out of the same mouth? So. What is the single most important thing you can do to tame your tongue better? So like I said, it's a short lesson. And the thought to remember is...